0: We're sandwiched between series right now. We just last week finished our Transform series and next week we're starting our brand new Christmas series called um, Home for Christmas. And today we're going to do like a one-off uh, uh, talk this morning and we're calling it The Treasure Within. Now, how many of you uh, ever used to watch that show called The Antiques Roadshow? Do you, you remember, remember that? Oh, a lot of you. So like when I was a kid, there, it always came on Sunday afternoon in England and... Uh, there was always soccer going on Sunday afternoon. So there was always this battle in my house between I wanted to watch soccer and my parents wanted to watch the Antiques Roadshow. I'm like, I mean, go figure. Which one do you really want to watch? I mean, come on, soccer wins every single time. And so uh, there was always this battle. And then when I got married... And I thought, wow, the battle is over. You know, I can watch what I want, have the remote control, do whatever I want. And then I realized that women really rule the house. And uh, I found out that my wife actually loves the Antiques Roadshow as well. I was like, oh, man, it's like, I I don't know if if you believe in a former life, I must have been really bad or something because uh, it's like the Antiques Roadshow all the time. But what what I I see uh, in the Antiques Roadshow is this, is that you see people, they go because they have things that they think may be valuable. And they go to the experts, and, uh, and and they and whether it's a painting or it, it, it's some sort of pottery or uh, just something that they found in their attic, they go to the experts, and the experts will either disappoint them or they'll come away excited because uh, the, the expert will say it's not worth as much as somebody thought, or it's worth more than they thought. And you see this excitement on their face. Well, I experienced someone with this excitement uh, uh, several months ago. Uh, I I met a woman who uh, had uh, had been uh, given an inheritance from her aunt. Her aunt had uh, uh, nobody else uh, except for this woman in her family. And this aunt had passed away and she had a whole lot of junk in uh, her house. And so uh, uh, the woman uh, uh, that, that I met said that they cleared out the whole house. And in the attic, there was uh, this plastic crate with this pot in there. Um, and and, and they, they knew it was an Old pot, but they didn't really think it was worth much. Uh, And so, as they were cleaning out, this woman who who I met said, she said she said to her daughter who who was a grown adult, "Do you want the pot?" And uh, the daughter was saying, well, don't you want it? Is there any value in it? She says, well, there may be some value. It may be worth like two or $3,000. She goes "But I don't want it. You can have it. So the daughter says, let me just go away and just check on this pot, see how much it's worth. Well, the next day, this girl rang her mother. and She was like, mom, mom, you're never going to believe it. She goes, quick, get that pot and put it in a safe place. She said, I've been researching the pot. She says, and it's a little bit more valuable than what you thought. And so the mom says, Well, what, like 10,000, 15,000? She goes, No. She goes, I've been reading up on it. And she goes, And I think it's worth about $40,000. And so the woman was like, Whoa, okay. She goes, Well, let me take it out of its little like fragile plastic crate that we've got it in and let's store it in a place. She said, So they said, Well, let's call around some places to see if we can get it appraised, see how much it is. So they, they rang around a whole lot of different auction houses. And nobody wanted to value it. And the reason it, they didn't want to value it is because it was so old and the type of pot it was. They found out that it was a Chinese pot from the 14th century out of the Ming dynasty. So they called around everywhere and they couldn't find anyone to reappraise it. And everyone's saying you need to take it to Christie's in New York. So they called up Christie's and Christie was like, bring it up right away. So they packaged it all nicely. They drove up to New York. They took it into Christie's. And as they went in, they said they were treated like VIPs. They were treated like, like they had, had like found the, the greatest treasure ever. They were taken into a room and, and, and they said the experts came out. They put white gloves on to touch it. Like, and, and remember all the time this was in this woman's attic in a, in a, in a plastic crate. And so they started looking at it, and they says, we're doing a Chinese display, a Chinese exposition, expo, in, in, in several months. Can we include this in this Chinese display? And they're like, sure, yeah. And then they says, well, how would you like to sell it? Would you like to go to auction? Well, the woman said that she had no attachment to it. You know, it was, she was trying to get rid of all her aunt stuff anyway. She was like, sure, if you guys want to try and sell it, then, then, then fine. And they says, okay, this is what we're going to do. And they came out with a plan to sell it. And they said, what we're going to do, we're going to start the bidding low. So that it can get some bids, so that it can work up. And she was like, okay, well what? Like ten thousand you go start it off? And they were like, no, 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 we're gonna start it low, we're gonna start it at hundred and fifty thousand dollars. They came out of that day, Christie's had appraised that thing for almost a million dollars. Can you believe that? It was in this woman's attic all this time. It's like this most valuable thing in this attic, and all she had it was stored in a fragile, brittle plastic crate that could have just easily, and this woman was just like, yeah, you can have it. I mean, she was just laughing we were talking about it. I mean, it was, it was so funny to think that she had this thing all this time. So how many of you are going to go home and search your attics right now, right? See, how many of us have treasures in our house that we don't even realize the value of it? Even more, how many of us have treasures in our lives that we have forgotten the value of? Treasures like our family, treasures like our relationships and our marriages, treasures like uh, our education or our experience or even treasures like our faith. How many of us have forgotten how much those things are valued at? See, if you've ever had an expensive treasure then you know that you don't want to just store it in any old place. You don't want to just store it in an attic, in a plastic crate. If you've got an expensive treasure, you're probably going to store it actually in a safe, right? Or you maybe store it in a vault, or uh, you may take it to the bank so they can put it in a safety deposit box. You want to store it in a place that it's not going to get damaged, it's not going to get broken, that thieves can't come in and steal, You wouldn't be like this woman and just store it in your attic. See, a lot of us, if we had an item of value, we would store it away in fear that something would happen to it. But yet, there's no point in having something that is worth a lot and we never use it or we never see it. Like We just store it away. We know it's there, but we never even look at it. It would be like buying an expensive car but never wanting to drive it because you're fearful that you're going to get into an accident or someone may scratch it or even worse, the rain might come down and mess up your wax job on it, right? It would be like buying an expensive piece of jewelry and I'm never wearing it. It's like, like, well, no, we don't want to ever wear that because you're fearful that it might get lost, it might get stolen, but yet the most expensive treasures aren't there to be put away so nobody can, be see, can see them. They're there. To be enjoyed so that we can see them. And did you know that we have this treasure in our lives that we often forget the value of? And it's a treasure that is more valuable than any silver or gold, it's a treasure that you is more valuable than anything you can ever buy or ever bid on, and it's a treasure that has been placed in your hearts and your lives by the Almighty God Himself. See, He has placed this treasure. In what I call fragile clay jars. And those fragile clay jars are the fragile jars of your life. And God has come and placed the greatest treasure ever in your fragile, broken, brittle life. It's like God coming with an expensive Chinese pot from the Ming dynasty and putting them in a rickety old wooden crate that you know if someone drops, the whole thing's going to smash. And that is what God has done with the greatest treasure this world has ever known. He has placed it in the hearts and lives of people who are fragile, brittle, and broken. He has placed this treasure in your lives. And so this morning, what I want us to do, I want us to take a look... And it's scripture in the Bible that talks about this treasure. It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And 2 Corinthians chapter 4 is written by a man called the Apostle Paul. And he wrote it to a church in an area called Corinth. And there was a big church and they had lots of different things going on in this church. And this is what the Apostle Paul said to them. And I I, want to highlight just three things out out of this passage that show us what this treasure really is to us. and, And what this treasure God has given to our lives. And so the first thing I want to show you this morning is this, that this treasure is a light. This treasure is a light. Second Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to start reading at verse 6. It says, for God who said, let there be light in the darkness. So this is the creator, the creator God, the one who said, let there be light in the darkness, has made this light shine in our hearts So we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. He says, we now have this light shining in our hearts. But we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves. So Paul here says that we have a treasure. And the treasure is this, it is the light of God in our lives through Jesus Christ that enables us to experience and see the glory of God. That is the treasure that you have in your lives. It is the greatest treasure this world has ever seen. It is the light of God in your lives through Jesus Christ. I love what the Apostle Paul says here. He says, God has placed it in our lives and he calls our lives, fragile jars. Fragile jars. The word fragile means this, something that is easily broken or damaged. Fragile is something that is not strong, but vulnerable. So let's make this personal to us. If we are fragile, then that we are people who are easily broken and easily damaged. We are people who are not strong, but vulnerable. And God Almighty, the one who created the heavens and the earth, the one who spoke this world into being, he has decided to place the greatest treasure in this world in your lives. Lives that can be easily broken and damaged. Lives that are weak and vulnerable. Wow, that, that, that's incredible that God would do something like that. See now, many people, they don't like the church. You know, when you think about church, they don't like church. They think the church isn't what it's supposed to be. There's a lot of Christians who have even turned their backs on the church because they think the church, the people in the church are hypocrites. The people in the church contradict themselves, they don't live a life of consistency. The people in the church have damaged people. But yet, these are the people that God has chosen to place this great treasure in. He has chosen to store this treasure in the church, which is the community of believers, the community of faith that come together. God has chosen to store the greatest treasure in these broken people. And, and, and at times there are people in the church who their, their, their lifestyles tarnish the treasure. Their lifestyles take the, the, the shine off the treasure. There, there are some people in the church who, who at times have tried to damage this treasure. And this is the dilemma of God because God chooses not to store this treasure in perfect people, people who are strong, people who, who who will never do anything wrong. But God chooses to place his treasure in the church of Jesus Christ. People who are brittle, people who are weak, people who can be damaged easily. And that's who God has chosen to place his treasure in. In. And even though throughout these, the, the centuries, there are people who have tried to tarnish this treasure, this treasure is so much stronger and more durable than whatever you could even imagine. See, when we get a grasp of the value and the importance of this treasure, you start to become okay with the mess and the dysfunction Of the people that God places this treasure in. Because we start to realize that I am no better than you. You are no better than me. We are all broken people that we do not even deserve this treasure. If you have a a pot from the 14th century. A Chinese pot from the Ming dynasty. You do not expect it to be placed in a rickety old crate. You expect it to be on display with light shining in. So that people can see it. And that's what we would expect of this treasure that God has given us. But the reality is, is God has chosen to place this treasure in our broken, fragile, brittle lives. Why? Because this treasure is a light. And when we start to understand that this treasure is valuable, we start to understand that this treasure is a light in our lives that shines out. For this treasure is a light. We also see that this treasure it endures as well. This treasure endures. Look at this. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 8, the apostle Paul says this, we are pressed on every side by troubles. We are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed through suffering. Our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus. So that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. So Paul here gives us a few things that he's been through in his life. He's been through suffering and pain and hardship. He's been through uh, through, through stuff in, in his life that you or or myself, we could never imagine that we could go through. And what this proves is this. That it is not the perfectly blessed life that we all think that we need that shows the power of Christ. In fact... It is the light that shines under the rubble of battle that shows the power of Christ. Did you know at times that this life is a battle? You just have to have kids to realize that this life is a battle. You just have to work a nine-to-five job and realize that this life is a battle at times. And things do not always turn out as we would hope. See, we seek blessing But yet it's not the blessed life that shows the power of God at times. See, your suffering is showing the world that what you value and the power of this treasure that is within you is enough to shine a light to this world. Through your suffering, through your pain, through your tears, through your hardship. It is showing this world that there is a light within you that shines through. And when you think about all the Apostle Paul went through, he says this, it's through my hardships that others started to see God and Christ and they started to experience the life of Christ for themselves. On July 8th, 1776, in the city of Philadelphia, a bell chimed. And the, the chime of that bell symbolized the very first public reading of the Declaration of Independence in what we now know as Independence Hall in Philadelphia. The chime of that bell became a symbol of freedom and liberty to the newly formed Union, the United States of America. On that bell are the words inscribed, proclaim liberty throughout all the land, until all the inhabitants thereof it's a scripture taken from leviticus if any of you want to like do some light reading go read leviticus and it's inscribed on this bell and this bell became known as the liberty bell it it, it and this was a symbol of freedom and liberty to the people of the United States. This bell was, were, was taken all throughout the country, and people wanted to see and touch and take pictures of this bell. People who went through hardships in their life, they, they saw the bell as a symbol that, 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 that they, they could strive for freedom and liberty. However, if you go to Philadelphia today, if you go into a building that is in between the Visitor Center and Independence Hall, There is this building there, there's probably a big line outside and it's the building that houses the Liberty Bell. If you walk into that building, you'll see crowds of people and there's a few different things that you can read and videos you can watch to see the history and I'm one of those guys that goes to a museum, I want to read everything. My wife is one of those people who just wants to breeze through and see the good stuff. But you'll find as you go through, you come right to the end and there is this big Liberty Bell. And you can walk all around the Liberty Bell and see all sides of the Liberty Bell. But what amazes me is that when you go there, you will see lines of people trying to get to one side of the Liberty Bell. If you want to just go and take a picture around the other side, you could just walk around there, snap a picture, carry on with your day. But if you want the one side of the Liberty Bell, you're going to have to be waiting there for a long time. And I guarantee if you've never seen the Liberty Bell, which if you live around here, I really can't believe that you wouldn't, but you may not have. You probably would want to take a picture on the side that all the people are on. Because in the middle of the Liberty Bell, there is a huge crack. See, they believed that when the Liberty Bell was cast, it was cast too brittle and too fragile. And when it rang, cracks appeared in it. They would take it down, they would recast it to try to make it stronger. But the more it was used, the more cracks would happen. And the crack wasn't just one crack that happened one time and that was it. It was many cracks over time. And they kept trying to recast it, but it kept cracking because it was too brittle. In the end, they took the Liberty Bell down because it couldn't chime anymore because of the crack. But yet now that crack, that blemish, that damaged bell now represents a symbol of freedom and liberty to the people of the United States. Showing that we can overcome hardship. We can overcome Problems in our lives. See, the crack is inspiration to the world that liberty reigns. And it's the scars of the liberty bell that allows liberty to shine brighter. And it's the scars of your life and the scars of your journey of faith That shows the world that the treasure that God has placed within this brittle, fragile life of yours will shine brighter and shine greater. See, your temporary pain may cause others to find eternal relief. Your temporary suffering may cause others to find freedom. Your temporary sickness may cause others to find eternal healing. Your temporary hardships and things that you're going through causes others to find eternal life because it's through your hardships that the, the, the life and the light of God shines through. See, this liberty, this, this uh, treasure, it's a light. This treasure, it endures through all things. And finally today, this treasure has power. This treasure has power. This is what the Apostle Paul says, verse 13 of 2nd Corinthians 4. But we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist said. I believed in God, so I spoke. We know that God, who raised the Lord Jesus, will also raise with Jesus, us with Jesus, and present us to himself together with you. All of this is for your benefit. And as God's grace reaches more and more people, there will be great thanksgiving and God will receive more and more glory. See, there is power in this treasure. It was out of a season when I saw the ugly side of church. A side of church that made me want to just give up altogether. Make it, made me want to just like walk away. That I started to get closer and closer to God. Because that was the only consistent thing that I could see in my life. I saw some things I never wanted to see again in church. And I started getting closer to God. And the closer I got to God, the more I could hear God speak to me. And the more God spoke, this is what I heard God say. Alex, go help start a church. That will not show the ugly side of church. But will show... The beautiful side of church. To reach a generation. To show the beauty of what this treasure really is. And I'm telling you today. We started Generation Church. Because we wanted to show the world. That there is value in this treasure. And, and, and I see. I, I, as a church. As, as we have, have we've morphed. and we, 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 have, we, we have gone on over five years. And now we are looking ahead. A couple of weeks ago, our leadership team just got together and we started just discussing where we're going to be in 20 years' time. And we were thinking, man, we're going to be like 60 years in 20 years' time. If you're 60, you know, it's not old at all, but I was thinking, man, I'm going to be 60 years old. But we were thinking of where we're going to be in 20 years' time. And let me tell you, if you guys could see what we envisioned that night you would be like, yeah, let's go for it. Let's go and show the treasure of God to this world to see what God is going to do. Because if God does what we believe that God has taken us to do, then this generation is going to see a beautiful, incredible treasure, a beautiful church. And this treasure and this generation is going to be totally transformed. See, the treasure that is within you has the power to change the world. The power that lives within you, this light of God that's revealed through Jesus Christ, has the power to change the world. For when we let the light shine through our fragile lives, the grace of God's keeps giving and giving and more and more and more people start receiving the grace of God and this thanksgiving we are thankful for the blessings that God has given us right we're thankful that we have a roof over our head we are thankful for that we've got food in our belly even though some of us got too much food in our belly we're thankful that we can actually drive to church we're, we're thankful that we have family. We're thankful that we have children. And this Thanksgiving, I was more thankful than ever that God gave us the gift of Evan, our But yet there is something that is more treasured and more valuable that we have to be thankful for this Thanksgiving. And that is the treasure of heaven. So this is why we keep going, this is why we keep living, this is why we keep dreaming, we keep worshipping, we keep serving, we keep giving, we keep on loving. For the power within us is greater than anything that this world has ever to offer us. This is what the Apostle Paul says, to Corinthians 4, verses 16, he says, that is why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. Yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on the things that cannot be seen. For the things we will see now will soon be gone. And the things we cannot see, they will last forever. And in the words of the Apostle Paul, I tell you this Thanksgiving, keep on dreaming, keep on loving, keep on serving, keep on giving, keep keep on praying. Keep on going. Don't give up. Don't let the hardships of this life destroy you. So this Thanksgiving, let's fix our gaze on what we cannot see. But one day, we will see. See, I'm thankful that through Jesus, this treasure, the treasure of the love, the grace, the mercy, the salvation of God shines And that despite our brokenness, there is a God in heaven who through our lives can touch others because he still saves, he still heals, he still restores, he still saves. And so in this place today, on this Thanksgiving weekend, I want us to be thankful for the treasure that is within us thankful for what God has done for us. See, God has given us the greatest treasure we could ever imagine. And he has chosen to place it in your broken, damaged lives. Let's bow our heads in prayer.